Welcome to the Mark Cameron Show. Here we discover why people do what they do, how they do it, and what's in the future of their work. Thank you so much for joining this conversation. My guest today is my friend Daniel Robinson. I met Daniel years ago when he worked at Glasgow City Mission. He then spent some time out in the USA and developed an incredible skill, not just as a musician and producer, but as a creator and business person who looks at how can we do business in the music space differently for the future. You can check out his work on a few of his different artistic expressions. On Instagram, there's Daniel underscore Robinson underscore music. And you can also search for Gail, G-A-E-L, on Spotify and Lewis Harris. I love the different styles that he's releasing. And you can hear that right now under this, as this is one of Daniel's original pieces. I always leave his company feeling inspired. And just his nature and the way he thinks about family, creativity and business gets me thinking too. So thank you for joining us. Enjoy the conversation. What's good is we don't have to do that clapping thing anymore that you used to have to over lockdown. Synchronise with people abroad. <laughs> Gosh, so what was that? So you used to have to go, oh, right, your side, you ready? Clap on three, one, two, three. And then you'd use that to sync up the takes between. Really? Far away, it was, it was awful. No, I had the hit for that one. <laughs> right? It's mad. But so. often, most, uh, most of the time you're doing this, you're in the same room. Yeah, yeah. very pleasant, especially recently. It's much nicer doing it this way, so. Great! Where are we, mate? This is this is beautiful. We're in uh, a wee a wee old mining village called Auchinloch. Right, and that's near Glasgow. Eh? North side of Glasgow. Yeah. So sandwiched between Bishop Briggs and Lindsay. Is this where you're from? No, I am uh, a West Coast lad. Come on. Uh, I'm from the Shire. I used to love telling my American friends I was from the Shire. Did they think you were from like a Hobbit country? They thought I was a Baggins. <laughs> um, so I'm an Ayrshire bo- boy. Yeah. Uh, I like to call it Golfer's Paradise. <laughs> There's just a stretch of land- landscape down there where I grew up that it was just, you know, all the best golf courses. Yeah. So I'm a golfer. Are you? <laughs> I love golf. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I love my golf. Oh, yes, mate. Okay. Um... I never really knew Ayrshire as a as a golfer's paradise, but I like I like that that's where it was. Oh, you've got you've got Royal Troon there and Troon, yeah. and then just down a wee bit you've got Tunbury. Yeah. Um, and then sandwiched between the, those two iconic courses, you've got all these amazing places like Western Gales yeah. and Glasgow Gales. And yeah. And what what was growing up like for you? Um. Within the context of that, or just. Aye, just just your experience growing up. Growing up. Yeah, I had a great, uh, I had a great upbringing. Um, raised by a single parent, yeah. my mum, my dad, she, her and my dad, they separated when I was about four. Um, I'm, uh, I'm the the middle child between mm-hmm. two sisters, mm-hmm. so raised by three women. Yeah. Um, so I know a lot about women. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, what we're <clears throat> here for today. <laughs> I learned a lot. Um, um, so yeah, great childhood. Yeah. Raised in a, a, I would say a, a very loving, nurturing home. Um, contrasted with a lot of lack. Mm. You know, just single parent. Um, you know, real sort of financial struggles. Yeah. Um, didn't have much in the way of materialistic things. But for what we lacked materialistically, there was just a lot of love yeah. and freedom uh, to just express ourselves as children. And so, but that was back in the days where we climbed trees yeah. and made death slides from trees and <laughs> and you know hopped fences of companies and and just you know played on forklifts as a yeah kid. yeah forklift certified age five yeah that was it. So we we made our own fun. There was yeah. no um, that was kind of before. You know, PlayStations and all that. Yeah. All that stuff. What What did um, freedom look like for you as a kid then? That's cool. Yeah. Um, I would say freedom. I guess. I guess as I've grown grown older and got to know different friends, who have maybe 
um, had a different upbringing of maybe they haven't lacked materialistically or in opportunities but they were maybe in homes where uh, what would be the right way to say it um, just like less encouragement of expressing emotion yeah. or yeah. joys yeah I, I should really just focus on on my home yeah, I would just say we we were free to have fun, free to express, yeah. free to, um, you know, make mistakes, yeah. get it wrong. Um, so yeah, that's probably the best way I could describe it. Yeah. Um, my mum was she was a very chilled. Um, I mean, she was kind of old school in that. It it would de- it was definitely the seen and not heard. Uh, kind of thing. So she could take us anywhere. Yeah. And we would be well behaved. Hmm. Um, but also, you know, I always remember as a kid, I, I would say things like, Mum, I'm just going out with my friends. We're just going to, like, make a, just a fire. We're going to make a fire. Yeah. All right, son, just be careful. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that was the, the caution. That's, so that's the freedom piece. Yeah, yeah. Just, just watch what you're doing, son. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so going out and lighting fires and fields and, and, uh, and just doing things that kids do. Yeah. Uh, at least from where I was raised. <laughs> um, so bonfire night wasn't just a bonfire night. As <laughs> <laughs> every Friday night in Ayrshire. <laughs> yeah, just that was what we needed to do to, to have fun. So, yeah, there was a lot of freedom. <laughs> yeah. And then how did that get involved with, like, the musical expression? And as music's obviously a bit, like, a part of, of mm. life. How, how did that part emerge? Um, the music definitely the music is in the family um, you know grandparents we're, we're just a sort of musical family we've got cousins who are good singers and very musical for me you know in, in the home um, yeah I think music was a thing because my mum was involved in church mm-hmm. uh, in worship and she would sing backing vocals and so there was always music playing. Yeah. Um, she was always, you know, learning parts, and I always remember. I have memories of me coming into the house with some sticks that I found outside, and sort of finding the sharpest knife in the kitchen to carve <laughs> them into drumsticks. <laughs> cool. Um, from an early age, um, and just sort of whacking away at the pillow, um, <laughs> pretending to play drums. So yeah, it's always just been there, but you know, I think inspired by just you know, the music that, you know, what we're hearing in church and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I still have quite an emotional connection with some of the church music that was played in, like, the kitchen growing up. So we we would always have, like, the blue sound speaker, the blue Sony yeah, sound yeah. system and the CDs. And um, I think, yeah, my mum, similarly, like, she was a singer. Uh-huh. She probably brought, like, a lot of music into the house. But it was a lot of those songs about faith and... Uh-huh. That kind of side of it, that even even now if I go to my folks and there's that same thing going on, like an old fate CD, worship music CD, yeah, uh, I get I get a bit emotional thinking about it. It's really it's really surreal. It must have been quite significant, just that growing and developing and encouraging that in in your house is yeah yeah quite powerful. Well, and for my mum, she when I was about ten years old, she she had a. A painful relational breakdown, um, which which was obviously a hard moment. But what came out of that was a, a songwriter, yeah, a singer songwriter. Yeah. She found healing in writing about right. just the pain of different experiences. Yeah, and you know my mum would would make me saying this, but she's she's not known as a an academic woman. Uh-huh. But when you listen to her songs and you and you think, oh, gosh, like you. You, you crafted that song yeah. and, and when you hear the sort of vocabulary and it's just it's, it's pretty wild you know wow. when you hear so yeah definitely grew up in a, a home where my mum was you know a, a, a singer songwriter mm. um, she'd probably be mortified you know <laughs> hearing me <laughs> classify as a, as a singer songwriter you know <laughs> very very modest humble woman uh-huh. but yeah, um, so I grew up in that. Yeah. You know, and uh, um, in a, an early age, started to sort of tinker a wee bit with a. My sister had this, a toy keyboard, 
um, that had about 27 notes on it <laughs> and made one noise. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think my mum could just hear as I was play by ear, just playing, figuring out melodies by ear. I think she just figured out he's he's yeah, musical. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, you know, I remember we wrote a kind of wee family song. Um, so yeah, there was there was just freedom to express, hmm. and it was interesting because there there really was no, there was no money as as such to yeah. to sort of back up yeah. any any sign of promise. It was all just sort of kind of a nurtured, you know, just find whatever you can get your uh, hands on to create music, yeah, you know. Yeah, so yeah. it literally would be, you know, hitting pots and pans yeah, and, yeah. and stuff like that. Could. Yeah. So eventually, you know, my mum, for one Christmas, I think she she bought a used keyboard that was 61 keys. So mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a big uh, upgrade. So I, that was a young age, maybe 10 and 11. Yeah. Um, wow. Piano was the sort of first instrument. Right, and then that's been it, sort of growing. Yeah, that's then. where it started, and then you know, as I've gotten older, you know, there was always there was always a pr- I guess you know it's interesting because it's it's causing me to go back now. Yeah. Um, you know, realize that there was always a producer in me from mm-hmm. a young age. I always remember, you know, back in the day, you were recording onto cassette tape, and mm-hmm. you know, you would record, and then you would have another cassette tape, and that would be playing through one speaker yeah. and you would hit record on the other cassette tape <laughs> and you would just be doing this doubling up and yeah. it was it was multi-tracking yeah. essentially yeah. Way um, but you know an instrument at a time or a vocal, yeah. you know doing harmonies or stuff like Love that it. so yeah that was happening from an early age yeah. I remember doing that maybe with podcasts similar you'd get a tape cassette player and like I think there was one that was in Home Alone or one of yeah, these yeah, movies yeah, yeah. the Home Alone cassette and you could just hit record and then do a two hour radio show my brother did it and we just made fart noises for two hours. <laughs> I thought it was absolutely excellent. I don't know if we ever listened to it back, but you realise like that's maybe where podcasting originated was the Home Alone cassette player. <laughs> well, well, remember you used to get the old... Um, you had to get uh, tapes, cassette tapes, that yeah. that had uh, they were covered over so that oh. you could record. Yeah, that's right. Or was it the opposite way around? Um, I think they were covered over the recording. Yeah. So you would get a wee bit of cell tape. Yeah. So that you could record onto it or, or record over what was on. So the amount of tapes my mum was like, Daniel, have you recorded over my song or something like that? Um, or also on the machines you could do the, uh, I think if you pressed record and play at the same time, you got the <laughs> sort of the low That's right. monster voice. Yeah, the, uh, the slow mo. Slow mo. That was right. Yeah, the slow mo voice. <laughs> but um, that's actually how we're going. That's the format we're releasing of this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pitch slow-mo. shifted down yeah. slow mo. It's going to be a seven hour uh, special. It's a real niche <laughs> that uh, we're going to press into. It's the experiment. <laughs> yeah, man. What was what was the first song you ever wrote? Um. The first song that I ever wrote was probably a collaboration. So we're sharing the, the publishing royalties <laughs> um, with my mum and my sister. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I played it on a, a a classical guitar that had three strings on it, none of which strings were tuned. Yeah. Um, but we managed to coax some melody. I was probably just playing the top E, the yeah, bass string. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so it was a bass melody, and we, we wrote a song over it. I can't remember the name of the song. <laughs> uh, the first song that I wrote, I think, as a, as a just sort of a solo uh, writer, um, probably was a song called um, Come Home, or maybe Searching. Mm-hmm. So... And I made, I was maybe about thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, that's class. Cause now, uh, like, I love it. Cause we're in your studio in your house now. There's guitars on the wall, keyboards here, some very impressive looking kit, <laughs> and it's you know it feels it feels like a homely place, eh? Uh-huh. That you create and um, you kind of aimlessly uh, let sounds come out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, how is it now? Like, what was the journey to? take music into something that is, is a profession or, or part of your professional life? Yeah, I would say um, there's just always been, 
you know, you hear, you know, modern influencers say things like, you know, become good at something and eventually people will pay you for it, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, or do what you love to do. Yeah. You know, get yeah. paid doing what you love to do. So I definitely would make music if I, even if I wasn't yeah. getting paid to do it. It's yeah. just something that I'm, I'm just drawn to. It. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would say uh, when you look at, you know, back when I was starting out and um, I guess going, again, going back to the childhood, the, the sort of the lack, you know, I, rem I remember a time where my mum had asked somebody in her worship team, does anybody have a spare plectrum for yeah. my son? Yeah, yeah. And nobody gave her a plectrum. Right. Now, it, say, it sounds unthinkable, doesn't it? Yeah. But, you know, so somebody says, oh, I've heard that you can make a plectrum out of... Uh, out of... Um, Milk. Oh. No, the, uh, the, the, the things that keep the bread... The oh, plastic things uh -huh. for, uh, for keeping the bread airtight. Yeah, yeah, yeah like a little wire tie that comes that used to come around the bread. Well, it was the, I think even before then it was oh, like right. a wee a wee square plastic thing. That oh would, would, yeah, would, yeah, yeah. You would aye wee square plastic thing in the hole in the middle and you would aye, sort of squeeze it down, scoot it through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, and I just I, 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 I say that because it just again highlights that it was it was even difficult to get a hands on a plectrum. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so when I think of just how the, the musical journey began, um, there, there definitely was a lot of, uh, you know, just walls, I guess, that we yeah. come up against. Yeah. Um, that would have, I guess maybe others would have gotten discouraged and right. thought, you know what, this is too expensive or this, it's, it's too tough. Yeah. But I've always just been, you know, I think it's just the love of the music. You know, yeah. even when there's, a, there's been a limitation of resources, tools, yeah. uh, tutors. You figure it out, right? You just figure it out yeah. because it's just, you love it. Yeah. You just, you're, oh, you're in just, love with it. Well, it's the nature of play, isn't it? That you're like, because getting into music is play mm -hmm. and then anything that goes around it often can occur as play where mm -hmm. you're like, oh, well, better figure out how to get my mitts on this or yeah. better figure out how to get a better sounding thing like that and yeah. it's just a little chase isn't it it's a, it's a lovely game to be Absolutely. to be in yeah so I think you know nowadays I don't really have the same limitations yeah you know I'm, I'm sitting in a room and there's I'm looking at a microphone that costs £2,000 and you know so I definitely feel very privileged um, but I think my background also allows me to I guess encourage other people who yeah. are maybe in that situation of yeah or I guess I can say, hey, you've got no excuses. Yeah. Don't let what what you don't have stop you from. Yeah. You know, just letting what's inside of you come out. Yeah. Um. So I guess overcame some potential setbacks and, um, definitely, I'm in a space now where, I have the tools, mm -hmm. uh, to make, what I want to make, um, and definitely feel. Yeah. Privileged and blessed. That you can have, do it. Yeah. Well, uh, there's a really lovely way because I saw I saw some of your your YouTube stuff and you you've been consistent on releasing stuff for like years, hey. Uh -huh. Um, or or you just look like a teenager uh, for many years because it looked like a teenager on YouTube. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> e easy paper. <laughs> um, but there was something of like you were consistent at releasing. So what's what's some of the scale of the music stuff you, you do now because I, I feel like you've tapped into a space that a lot of people aren't really sure what that is and how to access it with streaming and Spotify mm -hmm. you, you've almost flipped the standard complaint which people have around like you can't make music without can't have a life in music without touring and travelling or without having a, a primary employment with mm -hmm. someone else um, but you, you've had a bit of a a push into a new space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know I'm a a Jack Conte fan. That's his name, right? Exactly. The guy who created Patreon. Right. I think that's his name, Jack Conte. Anyway, him. The point being, he's 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 a person, and I, I'm the same. And that I, I believe we're living in the greatest time yeah. in history to be creators. I, I just think opportunities are endless. It's 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 cheaper today to create mm. than it ever has been. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and obviously we're living in the age of bedroom producers and and uh but I think the industry is in a place, the music industry that is, where bedroom producers are respected. Yeah. They're no longer laughed at and, and sort of looked down upon. Yeah. You know, um there's huge hits that are being made. Yeah. Uh from people's bedrooms and people are making a living making music. Yeah. Like me. Yeah. Um so uh ask me the question again. Sorry, I got yeah, sidetracked. Um, um um I suppose just brilliant hearing how have you entered a new space and particularly found your way into a space that other people say you can't have success in that space? Yeah, that's a good question. Um I think one of the and again sorry to ha- keep harping back to the childhood, I think. Yeah, that's good. I think I just have this, uh, the word no oh, sometimes doesn't mean anything to me. Wow. <laughs> uh, in certain settings. <laughs> um, I, I think when people say that can't be done, mm-hmm. I, I just don't know if I hear it. Right. Um, and it's it's not like I'm... I'm I'm out to prove anybody wrong. I would I would say I I just have this, uh, a pers- I just persistence. Yeah. And you know this sort of if I, I think if I put my mind to this, I can accomplish something. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, I think. You know. Living in I think times where people. Uh, sort of bash Spotify a wee bit, you know, uh, it's, it's ruined the industry. Um, I, I just, I, I don't know that I see it that way. Aye, aye. Um, Spotify has actually been very, very good to me. Yeah. Um, it's it's been a chunk of my, my living. Yeah. You know, uh, it helps me provide for my family. Aye. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just, I think... I'm I'm the kind of person that you know. If I, if I have a goal in mind, there's something that I want to sort of go after. And I, I've I've come to realise that oftentimes, um. I'm 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 not really trying to prove to anybody else. It's often yeah, myself. Right. I'm I'm sort of trying to just accomplish something really just for me yeah. to I guess show myself like. Ah, you you were able to do that. Yeah. You know that that was great. Well yeah. done for doing that. Um, so I feel like I'm still not answering your question. No, no I mean, <laughs> but that, it's it's just cool hearing this this whole area of, um, you just rarely meet folks who, when it comes to the music space, mm-hmm. and it comes to the new way of doing it, um, have such I suppose a positive attitude toward it, and a way of of thinking, um okay there's an obstacle potentially but how do I make that the path and mm-hmm. how do I use that how do I find uh, a fresh perspective in it because it's really and uh, lovely that your perspective is not even necessarily how do I go out and prove someone wrong just how do you bring satisfaction into your own perspective and mm-hmm. um, way of getting into that because and you're thinking now you want to look into how can you help others enhance that space as well and make their way as musicians and light a bit of a path yeah even in the last week I've I've I've, I've had people literally say to me I've I, I've never met somebody like you right. or I don't know I don't know anybody that does what you do that might be because we're in Scotland <laughs> um, yeah you're like go to LA yeah 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 like there's there's me in every street corner you know in Nashville and LA but yeah I think um, you know, people I have people reaching out to me, messaging me. Um, just yeah, they're just curious. Yeah, you know, and the interesting thing, well, that was me. Yeah, I'm a curious person. Yeah, I I ask questions, and I I'm not afraid to send emails and not hear back. I'll just yeah. keep sending emails and. Yeah. Um, I think you know you ask questions and eventually you'll get, some answer yeah. that's helpful to the, the the path that you're on yeah so yeah yeah people reach out and they message and you know so so how did you get on that playlist and uh, you know talk to me about sync music what's sync music and how do you get your music on to 
you know, TV or mm-hmm. things like that. And um, so for me, it's just been a, a long, well, not that long, four or five years. Yeah. You know, just journey of, you know, day by day, email by email, message yeah. by message, just yeah. slowly growing yeah. something. And, you know, I'm in a space where people, you know, people look at the, sh- the, the, the data uh, they look at the 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 stream streaming analytics and and they'll look at some numbers and and they equate that with with success mm-hmm. or a place that they maybe want to be themselves at some point yeah. in the future, and so they're naturally curious. Yeah. So and I I love inquisitive people. Yeah. So I'm never I, I, I'm never bothered by the messages. Yeah. Or the questions. I'm I'm always happy to ask the questions, but I'm I'm at a place where I don't have enough time. Yeah. To answer the questions. So I have been thinking about what what can I create yeah. that that answers the questions, but yeah. doesn't doesn't require me to give an hourly meeting every time. Yeah, every time. Yeah. So probably some sort of help guide book. Love it. Twenty twenty two guide to yeah, you know, killing it on Spotify. Yeah. Um. There's a number of those books out, so obviously don't want to saturate the market, but. Um, it's a Scottish accent. Yeah. Perhaps, <laughs> yeah. You know, perhaps you know there'll be more of a local mm-hmm. audience here that would benefit. Right. Um, so looking into that. And the way that you do it, um, that ability to send an email and get nothing back or a straight up rejection back, um, I would imagine if there was a way you could help people uh, train that in themselves or develop it themselves so that it doesn't occur back as rejection but occurs mm. as you know useful feedback or a bit of learning uh, that would be incredibly valuable to mm. get people so for for example uh, I, I reached out to someone recently mm-hmm. I was quite interested in an in, in interview and chatting to and uh, they were really really sharp really quick back gave such a helpful response which was basically like pretty maxed out doing this thing uh, really needing to leave the space for the maximum number of, of reach possible mm-hmm. reach like fair great uh, out of interest what what is it so I was pretty you know pretty straight just said this is what's been going and um, but then th- and thought ah, this is a no this is a ah, it's a shame but then there was something in me that was a bit like well you might as well just find out what their number is mm. and see if they'd be interested down the line or maybe there's another way and it, it suddenly became such a helpful little marker point for yeah. well there's something to work towards or there's something to enjoy thinking about mm-hmm. or, or to find another angle around. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I, I suppose I'm trying that practice of how do things not occur as rejection or or nothing? Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how does that occur for you where you get curious about response, you get curious about getting in touch with people or, or um, building something up on Spotify or syncing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's, you know, I've had some feedback at different points where people have taken the time to say, yeah, your message message was a wee bit spammy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, okay. Yeah, I didn't mean it to come across that way. Uh-huh. Um, so that was the sort of great feedback. I need to do a wee bit more to personalise this. Right, right. Um, or show a bit of interest in what they're doing. Yeah. Um, show that I've actually researched a wee bit right, yeah. or, or, or I know a bit more about what they're doing um, so yeah just learning uh, but I think there's definitely been there's been a lot of rejections mm-hmm. um, I, I think I'm blessed with a thicker skin Yeah. and I don't know that you know, I I've, I really take those rejections as personal exactly Yeah. you know because I'm like well they don't know me Yeah. you know um it's either you know they've seen the message and they don't really fancy it yeah um you know or they haven't seen the message <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty straightforward <laughs> you know so I, I i've never really get too caught up with the um the not hearing back but then again i think there's always been after after a while there's always that response that you get yeah and it, it, i guess it just sort of tops up that hope that sense of okay, I feel hopeful now. I've, yeah. I've got a wee bit of a win here. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know how I would feel if it was just like constant rejections for yeah. like two straight years. <laughs> um, but you know, like an example of something that I do, that sort of in 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 my 
work is, you know, people think that you have to be on a Spotify editorial to make money. Okay. But there's really there's really big indie playlists on Spotify, who are real people, humans, mm-hmm. who occupy the social media world. Yeah. yeah. And it's often quite easy to track these people down. Right. Uh, and often these people have already been tracked down by yeah, other people yeah. and realise, oh, people like my playlist, maybe I need to be a, a bit more organised. Right. So so them getting a message from you is a lot of the time no surprise. Uh-huh. So, um, so yeah, you're, you're messaging people. So th- this is some of the advice that I would give if I'm coaching people, yeah. independent okay. artists. Like y- you do realise that you're not always at the mercy of a Spotify editorial playlist. Sure. You yeah. can be getting added to an indie playlist yeah. and it'll make you money. Yeah. And it could be good money. Yeah. So message those people. Yeah. Send them messages. Don't make it spammy. Personalise it. Yeah. You know, um, be kind in your words. And um, and if you don't hear back, great. Message them again in a month. Yeah. You know? That's lovely. Yeah. Um, so I think kind words go a long way. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, I was listening to, um, you know Warren Hewitt. He's a, he's a YouTube. Uh, I think he has a channel called Produce Like a Pro. Right. English guy who lives out in LA and he's produced a bunch of big bands, and um, but I saw something today and he was just talking about like the number one, thing that he has that really brings more business is just just be a nice person. Yeah. <laughs> and it sounds really obvious, but yeah. it's like see, if you're nice, people will want to work with yeah. you again. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they won't mind being in your company. <laughs> exactly, and yeah, just enjoy being in your presence. Yeah, and um, but it, it was like at the top of his list, and it's like, well, he's probably placed it there because a lot of people are not nice, yeah. and or they don't understand the value of being a nice person. Yeah, so yeah. I I think I think we can just conduct ourselves in a way that's yeah we're, we're pleasant to communicate with yeah and then how does um I'm interested how you kind of do what you do how you how you tech because it's just it's just cool hearing about some of that experience growing up and what your motivation is and and what you, you know this is now part of your life and it's part of what provides a family and uh-huh. um so I'm interested how how you kind of carve out the world and how you how you tick um. What, how would you say you make your life work? What routines are in place? What principles do you have? I know personal growth is a large part of it, faith's a part of it. Yeah. But how, how do you think about growth and think about how you run your life? Yeah, um, coffee. Coffee. <laughs> And that's it. We're really good. Good show. Good yeah. time. Good, Coffee, well and we're out. That's the most important thing anybody will hear. Um, uh, yeah, I think for me, uh, I've come to realize. It's funny, Louise, my wife. We realized a few years ago that when I'm not carving out space to create, yeah, I'm not the, I'm not the healthiest me. Wow. Yeah, and. And so people might hear that and think, well, it takes ages to create, and or, well, I'm not a creator, but I think everybody's a, yeah. a creator. You know, I think making a, a spreadsheet, building yeah. a spreadsheet is being creative. I think that's a miracle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, having some sort of marketing plan yeah. or a strategic yeah. plan, it's, that's being creative. Um, but um, so the point to saying this is that I realise that when I'm not carving out that time myself, I know my job is I'm a content content creator <laughs> but even just for me yeah. aside from the motivation being I want to create this song here so that it can be on a film or whatever for me I need to create just for me just to create um, yeah. just to be the healthiest me because yeah. uh, if I'm not like it's funny uh, Louise she, she'll now say when was the last time you you did that Yeah. how long has it been I'm like yeah. Yeah, I've probably not created something for yeah. a few days yeah, it shows <laughs> you're a bit agitated. Uh, go and do something. Yeah. Go and sit at the piano and yeah. just make a melody without the, uh-huh. the end goal being that it's going to be for a project. Yeah. It's just for you. That's a whole and, uh, um, thing. I, th- I think it's called being uh, autotelic. 
Right. It's like a. It's like it's a very high functioning part right. of someone. Right. It's basically to do something for the joy of it in itself. Uh huh. Um, and for that, it has to be quite like a crucial part of what makes you tick, mm-hmm. is to find you know you just find a pleasure in doing it because it's there and these are the the beautiful things that can end up being careers, but they can. Yeah. It doesn't really matter, you know. You can strip away all of that. You'd mm-hmm. still get up and do it because yeah. it's just for the joy of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think one of the most profound things that I've heard uh, in recent times, uh, you know, was a, a Brene Brown uh, mm. thing on creativity, and you know, sh- she just talked about the most wholehearted people she's met are the people who make time to create. Nice. Wow. And she gave me language. Yeah. For what I always had conviction over you know I just like oh it makes sense and she she started you know she, she was talking about how unused creativity is not benign mm. uh, meaning it actually unused creativity metastasizes into rage yeah shame wow. hopelessness guilt it just comes after you doesn't it aye yeah. so I thought gosh that's that's wow. why I need to do that yeah but I just didn't have the language and I'm like so that that makes a lot of sense because Louise recognises in me I get a bit agitated. Yeah. Maybe a, a, be, a wee bit short-fused yeah. when I haven't just taken the time to go and think, I want to create this piano melody or yeah. just do something. Yeah. You know? it's, but for me, it's probably best that I, uh, I try to be creative in a, in a, in a, a creative expression that's yeah. not music because yeah. I'm doing music every day. Yeah, so something else that's... Writing, you know, uh-huh. writing or... Yeah, something like yeah. that. But I, I definitely feel the benefit. So that that's a that's something yeah. that I live I live by. Um wow. uh, a buddy sent um sent a quote to me that sort of picked up on that. I'm trying to do the thing of pulling up a quote while while you're chatting. I'm not very good <laughs> at it. <laughs> um but it is it was exactly that sense of um un unused creativity mm-hmm. um will will just turn very, very um, ugly mm-hmm. and moves moves through people in a way that um, it then comes out on other people. Mm. It comes out in the world in the ways that we just don't want don't want to to see it. So the the priority of letting it come up and out. I love how you're saying that it's about letting it be in other spaces as well. Mm-hmm. So you don't get too hooked on the one bit. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that that's something that's become really important to yeah. me. Yeah for me like really for me to be a better healthier version of myself you know a better healthier husband father friend you know leader Um, it really does I see it how it actually keeps me healthy yeah you know so that's a big part Um, Uh obviously you know being a you know a raving extrovert um, (laughs) uh, contact with uh, mankind is crucial (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which actually so COVID you know I, yeah. I know for a lot of extroverts COVID has just been painful mm-hmm. thankfully we're kind of at the other side of that it would seem and so starting to get lots more contact and yeah. community and relationship yeah. but you know I've I just realised that pe- just the energy I get from people it's just that's something that makes me a healthier yeah. version of me Yeah, it's just that that people connection wow. Not all people, <laughs> <laughs> but a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some people are a drag. Can I say that, Mark? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but you're one of those people. Like I'm a drag, thanks, Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just drag me down, mate. Uh, no, you you would be you would be one of those people where you you know and and I guess. Yeah, you you're one of these people. When you leave your presence, your company, you just feel, you f- you f- you feel a few inches taller. Yeah, thank you. A, a bit more hopeful and um, inspired, and and I guess that's that's the person I want to be. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, I I I, I, I remember, I, I was on a coaching call and it it was a it wasn't a kind of quote unquote coaching call where it was a paid. It I was literally just giving a friend some yeah. input. And at the end of the call, he says, wow, you know, Dan, I, I feel like I could run through a wall. There you go. Yeah. And I'm yeah. just like, that right there. Yeah. You know, where people, they just feel motivated, they yeah. feel re-energised to, to just go. Like, so, you know, the creativity piece, the, mm. the people piece, 
but obviously being you know um, a Jesus lover yeah. you know that's you know even just in recent times um, I've, I've, I, I re I, I re restarted uh, golfing again yeah um, and uh, not for competitiveness yeah but you know golfing genuinely is a place uh, it's not a social place for me actually it's a place where I connect with God that's cool um, just yeah. walking in isolation yeah walking the golf course playing uh, playing and praying yeah um, it, it really is a place where I just get that sense of rest yeah recharge uh, some clarity yeah about where I'm going what yeah. I'm doing you need those spaces eh uh-huh. and just to choose for the time to, to craft that so yeah. crucial and I, obviously family yeah know, just time time with the family and um, I, I, this and this is a big part of who I am as a creator you know I'm I'm just I really am a, a family person yeah you know I, as a musician as an artist the, the thought of being on the road just has never appealed yeah um, I, if I could pick and choose and, 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 and create the perfect thing yeah of course I would love to, it would be nice to go and play a, a gig here or yeah, a gig there yeah, with yeah, friends yeah. Yeah. but the reality is I just I don't really enjoy being away from the family aye, aye. Um, I'm just I'm just one of those guys so yeah. it's just important for my health yeah. you know for, for me to be the best me so yeah. Yeah. how about you know you're in the in the mornings or the, the sort of daily routines that um, yeah, yeah. sometimes go with you what are there any particular things you do in the first sort of 90 minutes of the day or last 90 minutes of the day or is it just coffee <laughs> <laughs> coffee is a big part <laughs> that's the first 44 minutes yeah <laughs> it's definitely uh, you know after you know after a wee hug with the kids and, uh, and Louise in the morning, it's the first thing I do. It aye, really is. Aye, aye. You know, you, you know. I usually open my eyes, I have a quick glance at the time, uh, check maybe check if there's any emails come in, and then I'll, I'll literally go downstairs and have a coffee right away before yeah. I think of food, anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so definitely more capable after the the caffeine uh-huh. is uh, <laughs> in my body. Did you go black coffee in the morning? Milk. Well, um, I do love a black coffee, um, but I, I'm a flat white man. Yeah. Thank you. We, we, but I've recently moved over to oatmeal, uh, oat milk. Yeah. Okay. Territory. Yeah. Um, for some tummy reasons. Got you. <laughs> <laughs> so coffee and milk, uh, <laughs> I'm discovering is a, uh, yeah. We'll leave it there. Yeah. So yeah, coffee routine, coffee, and then, um. You know, are we uh, are we read through devotional stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, and let that sort of penetrate the heart. Um, I definitely would say I'm not uh, I'm not in optimal zone any time before eleven o'clock. Right, but that's cool. You kind of design life to work that way. So definitely. You don't need to be in somewhere nine a.m. dead uh-huh. sharp at your best. Yeah. So you can actually let it build and. People often say never start recording music until like after ten a.m. or twelve. Anyway, so yeah, I I I don't I don't do really do meetings before ten. Yeah. Um, but if I can, I I would make it later. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, my brain's just not there. Yeah. Um, routine wise, um, as a creator, um, it's interesting. Oh, I'm a wee bit of a night owl. Yeah. Um. It's just funny how it happens. The, I, I I can see you know Louise and I could just be turning off Netflix at ten pm. Yeah. We yeah. just watch something, and she's heading upstairs and, and I'm just like fidgeting. Coming online. Yeah. I'm just like yeah. I want to go into the studio. Yeah. And yeah. write something. Yeah. And it's it's it happens quite often. Yeah. Um. So the benefits of having a studio at home, that you can just do that. Yeah. You know, if your studio was off, into the city or something. Yeah. You know, so um. Yeah, I, I have a fairly relaxed routine. Yeah. Um, I would say, but I, I do know of myself that productivity wise, I'm I'm not much good creatively before eleven a.m. Yeah. Um, probably the optimum time, uh, would be between 
yeah, two and four. Yeah, in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that's when the in magic hours. <laughs> in my dreams. Ten to two a.m. is the golden hour for uh, recording music. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I need to sh- shut the phone off for yeah. sure. Right. Airplane wow. mode. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just a big old distraction. Yeah. Yeah, there is something of like checking, not letting your phone check you, but actually intentionally checking the phone when mm-hmm. you think it should be because otherwise it's just like designed to interrupt focus interrupt especially where there's creativity involved mm-hmm. it's like it doesn't really work if every four and a half minutes there's something that's trying to drag you out of that space mm-hmm. so right you get after it there yeah mm-hmm. and what's um what's in the future then of this space so you know i love it you've you've kind of carved out a brilliant thing with music um you like you know who you are you know what you love you know what makes you healthy what what do you see in the future of of your work or the future of this creativity and this space you lead in um the future is is um, at scale um it's getting to a place where i'm able i'm able to sort of recreate what i've done yeah uh maybe have some employees Okay. Uh, doing some of the the, the work that is, I, I I don't find or that I, I just don't have time yeah uh, to do, um, so it's you know now that I'm back in Scotland again, um, I would love to have the the future is to have some sort of label, um that is, very artist friendly, mm. um supportive it's educational yeah, um. It gets behind the artists. It's a. It's also like a, a, a networking place that can connect the different musical trades. Yeah. You know. Um, so that that would be a part of it. Um, I'm keen to. So I have an artist that's called Gail. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we are Gales. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's piano instrumentals. Yeah. But you know, over the years, it's grown and developed. Um. But the the new thing that I want to do is do Gale again. Find find all the other Gales out there, the yeah. uh, the instrumental pianists, and educate them yeah. on what I'm doing. Yeah. Teach them what I'm doing, um. But obviously scale it. Um, yeah. And have some sort of, uh, collective. Yeah. Where you can let some of the, the strongest work come to the front and support each other, but then collectively contribute something yeah. of it into the what space do you see that going into is that film is that tv yeah it? yeah so again i think it's just doing what i'm doing myself but teaching other other pianists how yeah. to do it so so I'll, I'll make a piano instrumental piece and I'll, I'll i'll go into spotify yeah there's huge appetite on spotify for uh, instrumental music mm. so that that'll be a platform that would go to and um, but then it would um, my my musical going to um, a place like Music Bed, yeah, um, uh, which is sort of like a library, yeah, um, uh, but they sort of find they place your music, um, on branding, yeah, uh, adverts, um, Love Island, one. Love Island, <laughs> uh, claim to fame, uh, so, yeah, but finding the the. The, the the pianists yeah in Scotland um because I, I think I I just you know I know that people they don't realize the mm. opportunities mm-hmm. that exist yeah you know they, they I think a lot of people a lot of these people that they're session musicians and they make their income as session musicians and they don't realize that you can be making money when you sleep yes yeah you know um through these platforms like Spotify yeah um or you know, music licensing websites. So, you know, hey, let me, let me, let me change your world and teach you that yeah. you don't have to just be a gigging musician, and that's fun, of course, but there's other ways to make an income. Yeah. So, gathering all those pianists, having some sort of label service that assists them, educates them. Uh, obviously, we'll have sort of a, a percentage of royalties, you know, for you know, getting alongside of them and, and providing them that platform. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, really making it artist friendly because 
probably the negative, I know it was quite positive earlier on about sort of the current times we're living creatively, one of the negative things are I just, I, I still see that even independent labels, they are just huge exploitation, mm. you know, they're just, they're ripping artists off, you know, like 70, 30, right. you know, splits. splits. You know, the artist is getting thirty percent and the labels like they're, they're really not doing anything. Yeah. Uh, their leverage is that they've got a playlist, but they're not recording the song, they're yeah. not you know, they're Creative not really marketing the song. Um so I think to have a setup where the artists feel like they're still keeping the line like the lion line share mm-hmm. of the royalty. Yeah. Um and uh, so that's part of the future. Um I'm still, I still have a, you know, a, a dream to, I, I really would like to move towards scoring, mm-hmm. uh, which is quite daunting because I'm not trained. Right, yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't look at a, a music, like, music, a music sheet and tell you what, yeah, what it's saying. Yeah. Um, but, but you don't need to, to score music. Yeah, and the beauty of these days, connecting emotion, connecting yeah, yeah. sounds that you create. You yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I I really would love to get the right project, uh, the right film person, maybe an obviously an indie, indie film, and and just help them get the sort of emotional impact yeah. with film and music combined. Okay. So I haven't I haven't ventured into that world, but that's definitely something that I'm I'm kind of moving towards. Yeah. And who are you um who are you taking in at the minute? That is a you know, writers, sounds, musicians, creators, that's inspiring you toward that? Yeah, um, lots. Um, hugely inspired by uh, a chap called Christian Henson, yeah. um, who is the owner of a, a music tech company called Spitfire Audio. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's also a composer himself. Uh, he vlogs... Um, and just is an educator in the industry, yeah. And just shares lots of good tips. Um, but just just how he goes about his life is a, a real inspiration, right? Um, and just the way that he manages a tech kind of company, vlogs, composes. Yeah. He's a business guy. Uh, yeah. Um. So that's inspiring. Um, musically. Um, but yeah, what am I taking in uh, the chap? Who scored? Uh, his name has escaped me just now. Um, he he scored the. I may get slated for this. Go for it. Let's um, try it. I'm excited. He he scored the <laughs> the the soundtrack for Bridgerton. Oh wow! Okay. Um, uh, and it's cracking. Nice. Um, it's very modern. Yeah. Very sort of neoclassical modern, uh, and he's sort of kind of. Taking sort of pop songs, Billy Eilish songs, yes, or that's you know, right. other artists, um, and and he sort of kind of recreated them into a piece of music that's both modern but also classical. Yeah, violins and yeah. Um, uh, I, 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 sorry, I can't remember his name, no. but he I, I love his sound. Yeah. Um, there's a young artist from America called Lizzie McAlpine. Um. Fabulous songwriter, um, the sound, uh, of just the sonic quality of her album, it's oh. just it's just mixing genius. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would highly recommend it. Um, her new album. Um, yeah. Who else? Oh, we we were chatting earlier about um, from that maybe that kind of business perspective of uh, Naval Ravikant. Yes. That we're gonna do and um, particularly some of the least uh. They basically just listened to all his podcasts. They took all his yes. content, made the the almanac of Naval Ravikant, uh-huh. and uh, it is interesting. I I think something about being creative and a musician, combined with hearing someone speak. Uh, Naval was in the investor space, venture capital space in Silicon Valley, but hearing somebody who is so tuned into the tech and the investment and. Yeah computer science side of it yeah. I think it like lights up another part of me or another part of my brain absolutely um, and uh, yeah how have you found a bit of Naval's chat <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was just saying to you earlier that it's uh, 
yeah, it's just blowing my mind up. Right. Um, and I feel like I'm hearing things, you know, you hear sort of these entrepreneurial quotes that sometimes feel a bit clickbaity, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just talking about some things, you know, creating leverage in your life, um, just finding that thing that you love mm-hmm. uh, and getting away from the sort of the, you know, the, the early rate, the, yeah. the salary approach. Yeah. Um, and uh, so definitely inspiring. I, I, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm just getting started on it, and uh, but definitely giving me lots to think about. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I love taking in that entrepreneurial stuff. Yeah. It's, yeah. That uh, yeah, inspiring. Um, so yeah, looking forward to yeah, just digging deeper into that. Yeah. I I I actually yeah love seeing the journey you've had like. I think we met 10, 10 years ago maybe in Scotland, but then you had a bit of time in the States and uh-huh. uh, and then came back and over the last year or so, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Just been, re- it's inspiring to see the way you've, you've re-entered Scotland, but seen it through some of the real upside of the American perspective, which I think is a perspective of possibility a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. And um, less limitation on what could be, uh, encouraging people to to create more rather than feeling that there's some pie that just gets carved up a yeah. certain amount and everyone's trying to get a piece of it but to try and see the bigger perspective mm-hmm. I, it's just cool the way that you've brought that to loads of people already and, and are planning to do that even more with mm-hmm. creators so I, I'm left inspired by it and I'm left thinking of new ways because of it so love that um, where, where can people connect with you then and get in touch and link in yeah just uh, you know Instagram yeah um, that's probably the place the space at most sort of engaged and active um, and that's Daniel underscore Robinson underscore music yep Dan- right, yeah. Daniel underscore Robinson underscore music yeah. um, find me on Spotify um, I think Spotify links into my socials as well yeah um that's Daniel Robinson as well as yeah my artist Gale, yeah. yeah a few artists on Spotify I've got Daniel Robinson and then I've got another artist called Gail G A E L yeah um and then another artist called Lewis Harris right um so clearly I was missing Scotland when I oh. invented these artists um so uh-huh. the Lewis Harris artist is more of a sort of lo-fi chill hop yeah expression um, oh, and cool. the Gail is more sort of neo, the piano. neoclassical piano yeah. stuff and then the Daniel Robinson is is more acoustic covers yeah. uh, original singer songwriter stuff um, so yes. yeah I would love you to yeah check out the music and, and please like please make the course or or do yeah. the book in this area man I, I think of loads of people who I think they're just looking for someone just to Maybe not, you know, just to give them enough light for the next, like, six steps of what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if, if there's some expression of it, dude, just please go for it. Because yeah. the way you put ideas out is fab, and I think it would inspire a heck of a lot of people. So, thanks, Thank man. you. Thank Stay. you. Cheers, bro. Oh, he's a good man. That was so good to chat to Daniel. And if you want to get in touch with him, there's a few ways you can do that. Like if you're in the music business or you've got a friend who's in the music business and is looking at scaling their work, getting streams, making an income from the creativity, get in touch with Daniel. You can get in touch on music at gmail.com. We, W-E-E, birdie, B-I-R-D-I-E, music at gmail.com. You can check out empires underscore collective on Instagram with some of his artist management stuff. And check him out directly for that music production service. Again, you just see the range of creativity he's got and a phenomenal perspective on how to be a musician in the 21st century. So thank you so much for joining our conversation. We've got three more already lined up that I am just really looking forward to releasing. And I'm grateful to what I've been learning and being able to follow my genuine curiosity with people. So if you want to get in touch, write to me at mark at markcameron.co. You can check us out on Instagram, mark underscore a underscore Cameron. 
be really great to see what are you experiencing from the podcast what stories are helping you what's it bringing to your life i have just loved hearing from people and finding out how it's impacted them so thank you so much do give it a like give it a subscribe to keep on reaching out and showing other people where they can get it to but for now thanks so much